Hello, gatherers. This show is brought to you by ComicWow.com. If you love comics, check out ComicWow.com, your media hub devoted to comics, the comic industry, and pop culture that surrounds it. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the 60th episode of The Gathering. We are a group of geeks based out here in the water world, Southern California. Let's start with introductions and the question of the week. What films do you think will be nominated for Best Picture next week, and what films do you think should be nominated? Okay, this is uh, Jeff. You guys know me from Indie Comics with Jeff. And uh, to be quite honest, uh, never really have had much of an opinion, but if I had to say what I think should be nominated for Best Picture just because I saw it recently and was totally blown away, uh, The Revenant. Mm, okay. I, I just saw that. And just the fact that you see so minimal dialogue in that movie really attests to a type of movie that we have not seen in some time. Yeah. And I think we really need to have more of. And I tell you, if Leo does not get something for that, then I will <laughs> start to year. I will start to be biased toward ho- and say Hollywood is definitely biased toward Leo See, because I, he I'm did like the minority. Cool. I want him to keep losing just so he just it's so he. It's the can longest get... reference. No, 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 not not because he does, like. I want him to keep losing because it seems like like the more he loses, like the more women he gets and the more happier and like crazy he goes. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna go. He's like, oh, well, I lost. I'm just gonna go over to so the basically, beach and so be basi- there for like. For like a while, and like so basically, you want the happiest photos ever, and like every year, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I just wanted him to basically, he's like, oh, I lost this fine. I just bought an island, fuckers, and it's a, it's a with like seventy like women who just stand there just at my like at my service. I'm just I'm I'm so happy. Take your Oscar. I don't need it. Like, so basically, I, I want ultimate happiness for Leo DiCaprio. I'm so basically, you want him to be the Susan Lucci of Hollywood. Then Jesus. is what you want him to Susan be. Susan Lucci. That fucking reference. Well, but true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. All right. Hi. My name is Catherine, and I'm going to actually second Jeff's movie suggestion. I'm still putting together my list before the nominations are actually officially released. Um, so Reverend's on there. Brooklyn's going to be on there. Danish Girl is going to be on there. I have a good couple already. So we'll And see. these are films you think will be nominated or should be? Should be nominated. Should be nominated. Okay. Hey everyone, Sean here. Uh, you know me for, as Kuma from Gamer Culture. Um, and I mean, I don't watch a lot of films. I don't really follow film a, a lot. But uh, from what I've been hearing, it sounds like Revenant's probably a really good strong runner or front runner for nominations. Um, Mad Max, maybe. Um, but uh, the shortened version of Tyler's rant, I'll say uh, <laughs> I agree. Like, at this point, yeah, I'd love to see Leo get uh, an Oscar, but I mean, I, I would also love to see him get the Oscar, walk up on stage, drop it on the ground, and go, I don't need it. Yeah. But, <laughs> I'm too uh, good for this I now. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the phrase someone brought up, you know, it's better to ask someone why you don't have an Oscar than why you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. my opinion. Um, I've been seeing a lot of movies, however, in the past like and, month. And I, oh, I is this Tyler? Who are you? Tyler, <laughs> the uh, loudmouth. Um, and it's not loud; it just doesn't stop. Yeah, it's true. It very, goes on rant. Especially when I'm grumpy. I'm just so it. grumpy. This man, this rain is. I, I hate rain. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, this past month and a half, I've been lacking on seeing films. I've not seen Revenant. I've not seen Big Short, and I've not seen. Uh, oh, that's another Hateful one. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight, and I'm one. so. Upset with myself because I am so behind on those. But I've seen a lot of good films. Um, I didn't see Straight Out of Compton because I don't care. Um, <laughs> however, I love Steve Jobs. I think Steve Jobs mm. is definitely Someone going to, to be nominated, and I would love for it to win, except 
for I love Mad Max way too much. Um, I really, really do. And I love Inside Out. I would love to see Inside Out get nominated for... Oh, man, if for, Inside Out um, got Best Picture... Uh, see, I think it will be nominated for Best Picture. I really, really do. It's and I think Pixar's it it. submission this year. Um, it's a dinosaur. is not in submission. It's I, well, Inside Out. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be up in that top five regardless of what I happens. think Martian's going to be nominated, and I would yeah. love to see that win. Um, because it is a phenomenal film, and it's weird, but also exciting that it's nominated for um, Best Comedy and Musical for Golden, Golden Globes, Globes, which is cool. Wait, comedy Martian? and musical? It's because I mean, it is... Comedy? Comedic? It is. It, there's a lot of... Com- yeah, I'll explain in a second. Yeah, and there's a lot of... Te- like, or not technical, but there's a lot of politics that goes along with it, but actually... I'm okay with it, but um, I think it's getting nominated. I would love, I would be very, very happy. So last year, I think it was just a nail biter. Like I was so torn between like Whiplash, Birdman, and Grand oh, Budapest man. Hotel. This year, I want Mad Max to win on just the principle because I I love that film. I think I actually do honestly believe it's the best film of this year. Um, however, I'm only I think Steve Jobs and I would love for um, uh, The Martian to win, and I think. That that's those are the ones like I want to win because they are that phenomenal and uh, the Martian has done things and has the excellent writing and the accurate you know the accuracy that so many so many films in space that don't actually have and then Steve Jobs you know got this very weird story and plot and turned it into that and it's so strong and so powerful and moving and that's why I want them both to win and that's. That's my pick. Is for those I would want those to win, but I think Mad Max deserves it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And this is Evan, and I will say that uh, the films that will the Producers Guild nominations came out yeah. recently. Those, those are always a good in, uh, in, uh, indicator of what might get nominated. I think my personal uh, feeling about what will get nominated are, and you can bet on these. Well, to a degree or two, probably someone will miss. But I think we have good choices with Spotlight. Mm. Oh, well, that was the one. I, yeah. I love Spotlight. Uh, yeah. Big Short, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, uh, Bridge of Spies, Sicario. Huh? I'll say Carol, Straight Outta Compton, and possibly Star Wars: The Force Awakens. You forgot about Brooklyn. No, I didn't forget about Brooklyn. I'm just saying it. It could easily miss out on it. it Brooklyn's it, a more films on the, the bubble. Side. You don't think Martian? Like I know no, you're I said directly there. Oh, no, okay, I said, good. I said it. What I think should get nominated, definitely Mad Max. Um, definitely Inside Out, hopefully. Uh, you know, I like the science fiction. Let's put in Martian and Star Wars in there. And uh, Ex Machina would be a great pick. Um, that got a Producers Guild nomination. So, uh, yeah. But that's those are just my personal picks. See, I love Spotlight. Like This year was a good, good, good year. I think last year was stronger. But this year, like it was... Awesome! Like um, there's more um, diversity this year. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's what it was. There's like, more it was diversity Danish this girl. year because last year you had basically it was Grand Budapest Hotel, Birdman, and then also Whiplash. It was just those three. Going uh, imitation game. We yeah. had. Oh no no no! You had Imo. Oh, there was way more than that. Well, no, I mean, the top imi- three though that were taking a lot of them. No. Well, uh, well, I mean, well, no. That you're talking about the in terms of. What won at the Oscars? Well, or actually, also, what actually? You also had Theory of Everything. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, I mean, no, last year was <laughs> every single nomination yeah. was spot on, except for I think The American shouldn't have been on there, but that's just me. But I, which film? The American. The Ameri- no, American. American Sniper. American Sniper. American Sniper. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, American Sniper. I think that was the only one that didn't really didn't didn't deserve to be on there, but the other nine nominations were spot yeah. on, like spot on. Eight. Uh, seven. 
It was only eight nominees. Oh, it was ten last year. No, no, no. it wasn't. Oh, yeah, everywhere right. between five seven. and ten. Oh, sorry, that's the rules. Um, anyway, yeah. we'll see. And this is the gathering. Now join the gathering. Okay, and um, yeah, it's kind of a kind of feels like an end of the year wrap up this week. Uh, we, I mean, we obviously we had our New Year's talk and stuff like that, but now it's kind of like also wrapping up last year and looking forward to next year. So obviously we talked about films. What films are you looking forward to this year? And also what uh, other stuff? Games, movies, uh, uh, games, books, comics, stuff like that. Are you guys looking forward to next oh my God. This upcoming year? Um, for one thing, I am very excited for the Bruce Lee um, comic book that's going to be coming up from Darby Pop. Oh, it's, cool. It, it literally is co-written by his daughter yep. and also uh, with the guy we met, uh, Brandon McKinney, who Brandon we McKinney, uh, interviewed yep. from, um, from Kamikaze. From Kamikaze, yep. Great, like, amazing guy, amazing artist and teacher, and got to work with Bruce Lee's daughter to make this awesome comic book yep. that's coming out. So I think there's one thing I'm like so excited for this year. Um, and it's and it's wonderful because the story is a total awesome what if that totally yeah. caters to the fans if like still us. Alive. If he was still alive. It's like one of the ultimate what ifs ever. If he mm. was still going around. So that's why. Do I they address it. his son? Do they address Brandon? Uh, as far as the son. What we, we, yeah, what we were told, no, not really. No, oh. no I think they kind of sidestep toward that because I think that would just... I think that would just make everybody yeah. depressed at this no. point if we, oh, if all he, over again. The idea is if Bruce Lee lived, what would he have done or what would he have lived through? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So it, obviously, yeah, addressing his son, if his son still died in the comic, it would still it would be really depressing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for comics, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited for, for that too, definitely. Video games, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Um, Final Fantasy 15 is coming out this year. Mass Effect Andromeda. Gamer Culture well, just did uh, a list Effect Andromeda. Of, uh, oh. well, of all the games coming out this it year. It might make it out this I year. I think with Mass, Mass Effect Andromeda, especially just, just losing its director a week ago, I don't think it's going to make it this year. <laughs> Since it just lost it, I think it's third director. Um, so I'm going to hold off on that one. Um, I, don't, I, I highly doubt it's going to come out this year, especially since they have not presented anything don't in Don't kill my dreams. Don't, don't kill my dreams, coming, Tyler. It's not coming out this year. There's no way in hell. But anyways, um, and I think su- and then I for cried. film, for film, it's Suicide Squad, hands down. That's the it's, that's my no, most anticipated. Catherine, uh, my big film this year. I'm the resident Disney nerd. Um, one of them, one of them, and my biggest is Moana. Yeah, in November. Up top, I, up top. I'm I'm part Polynesian yeah. myself, and I'm part Maori, and I'm just very, 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 very excited. Nice. And it looks it looks good. We've seen yep. a little bit of animation just recently released. And the music um, is going to be well written. It's Lin Manuel Miranda and Mark Mancina, and it's and directed by Ron Clemens and uh, John, John Musker, Musker yeah, who, who also brought us Princess and the Frog in 2009, and Great Mouse Detective, and, one of the greatest uh, Disney films of all time. And, oh my man, god, I love my that opinion. One. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, that's, what about you, Jeff? Well, movies, it's pretty much just one above all the rest right now, and I'm looking forward to Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to Warcraft. We saw the trailer in front of uh, Star Wars, and it, it definitely it's one of those things where it's like. I hope this is going to get the audience. I'm worried about that movie for that specific reason. Yeah, I think. Well, it, the I, problem is, I think it may not get the audience for that reason, but I still think it's going to be well done. Yeah, I hope so too. I wanted I to so. save fantasy because I, we need a savior for fantasy so so badly. See, the only thing. See, the only thing is, is 
This is different than Lord of the Rings, though. This was this is going to be something entirely that, unless you are familiar with the games, nobody's going to know about it. See, well, it's interesting. or they're going to pan it as a Lord of the Rings ripoff. Yeah, and uh, I don't think so, Tyler. You were saying before with, uh, fa- you know, we need a savior for in our past podcast. We were talking about a savior for science fiction or a savior for fantasy. Uh, I don't think either of those genres are going away anytime soon, but do you feel like the quality's gone down? They're not going away anytime soon, but I'm telling you, after after the less than exemplary job we had done with the Hobbit trilogy, I think we're in kind of dire straits right now. Yeah. There's Mm. that. I I honestly think that the last good fantasy film was Stardust. I love Stardust. Uh, I love Stardust. Stardust, I love that movie. I just, I love, like, that's, we that's, not, that's the last are, good one. Do we not count any independent fantasy films? Or? Okay, that's, di- yeah. well, uh, that's different. Well, part of that success, so though, is yet. No, 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 I'm not, we're not counting part of, TV. Part I'm of sorry, Game, Game of Thrones does not yeah. count. And it's, 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 that's a. It's a very low fantasy. Yeah, series. but it's still no. Still it's it's very heavy. Fantasy. I mean, you've dragons. You've, you've dragons. Yeah, you, you have, have dragons. But so like, it's, 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 yeah. it's high fantasy. But like it's TV high fantasy. It's HBO, where where you have it's yeah. a whole different medium. Like, I oh, I, yeah. I know I know it's kind of a cop out answer, but it really is. Like you can't compare Game of Thrones. You can't compare like Sopranos. Okay, it's like comparing Sopranos to like Goodfellas. Like you just nope. can't do it. Game of Thrones quality TV shows are just on its own realm you have like six feet under like i mean you can't i mean you have uh deadwood uh rome first season not second um <laughs> yes the, the, a lot of those shows i mean they can kind of be like you can kind of do game of thrones and vikings but it's just when you just say like you know yeah game of thrones is good if you like game of thrones check out vikings you watch right, vikings but what it's I'm, not but, gonna be anywhere near Tyler, the same. what i'm no. saying is in terms of i think they will always try to make more fantasy films It'll just be a matter. Some some may bomb. It'll just be a matter of like how they budget them. From when now I say on. save, I mean them be able to make a fantasy film and not have studio like so much studio involvement and like care and safety. I guess like having like a safety net over it, like where it's just so bland and blah 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 and blah. Like Stardust was just so weird and out there and amazing. That's why I loved it because it was unlike any other fantasy film we saw. It was like you're trying to compare that to like Willard. You're just like, man, this is amazing because Willard was just a safe fantasy film. It totally is. Like, there's no way that it's not. <laughs> um, it's Willard, the the film about the guy who could talk to rats. What? You're talking about Willow? Willow. I am so Willow. sorry. Willow. <laughs> Willow. Willow. As we're and, like, all Willard. going like, uh... Sorry, I meant Willow. Like, like Willow. Like, was this, like, you know, an early... Sorry. Wow. Yeah, it was sorry. It Ron Howard film, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a Ron Howard film. It's not terrible. I mean, you watch it back. It's a little dated. But the thing... It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Wizard of Oz. You have, you know, you have a creature and you have a main character who are basically going after. There's one witch, you know, which is like a staple of fantasy usually. Yeah. And then, you know, they... they they kill him off, and then everybody's saved. Stardust, you're like, okay, cool. So you have these people who are the destiny, and they're going on. Yeah, okay, now the pirates. Understand that was based off. That's based off of the Neil Gaiman. Yeah, comic. Absolutely. Yep. So you know he had source material for that. Willow was entirely. Willow was made in reaction to the fact that the Tolkien estate told George Lucas, "No, you cannot do a Hobbit movie." No, no, movie. no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. What I'm saying yeah. is, is like, it, I'm not bashing Willow. It's, uh, it's just like Stardust is so great and a breath of fresh air because yeah. it's such a weird different fantasy film and then now you look it's at kind fantasy. of a mixture of a whole lot of fantasies yeah you know you see a it's lot of your good now, hard like, high but it had also a lot of steampunk in there too in my yeah. opinion yeah too. but what i'm saying is that we had that and then now you look at fantasy and it's always so safe hobbit was so safe and just like you watch not and you're so like, much uh, safe is the fact that 
Oh, it, it was. Well, it totally was. Like every single thing they did. I don't know. If, did, I would call it, it totally like... safe though. The problem, well, we, we, and we we've talked about this before is Jackson inherited a damn flick that he was in the middle of making while filming at the same time. He didn't have the prep time that he did. He basically yeah, he, 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 he inherited all of Del Toro's stuff, and frankly, he was off half cocked. Well, because so he had he, just been finishing up Lovely Bones, yeah. and then it's kind of One like, thing people tend to not realize is that Fellowship of the Ring, that started like way back in 1996. Yeah, they filmed yeah. that. They had like five three. years of prep time. They, well, did. I was thinking, they didn't have that with Not the really Hobbit. just of Hobbit. Like, look at Seventh Son. We've had 47 Ronin. We've had a lot of things that were... That have not worked. Yeah, but that's yeah. Well, that was true even back then. I mean, if you look, go back to Lord of the Rings uh, when those films were coming out, Right. We had a lot of fantasy films that came out back then that just didn't work. Uh, no, no. We you, had Harry Potter. That I mean, came we out had Dragonheart, which and, that, and that's ooh, what it is. Which yeah. Harry Potter, we're good, we had but Lord of the Rings, they weren't widely. Well, I but, mean, we had Dragonheart point, back in the nineties. Point being so. is that oh, Dragonheart, we, but then yeah. you had D and D. But we, that's true. My point being is that we remember the classics of genre uh, sure. so well that we we kind of overlook the fact that we don't. In between, we don't have a lot of classics of that. We have a lot of. Me- okay to just kind of like forgetful films. Some me- mediocre Some types. Mediocre stuff. types. Absolutely. So my point being is that right now we're just going through, we're just waiting for the next big one to come out. And also See, like, because we have a lot of superhero movies right now too, so everybody's yeah. been bombarded with all of this and we're kind I, of like, oh. Uh... Actually kind of like take back a little bit, but also it's a completely different, uh, I guess, medium. Not really medium, but like uh, genre. I, uh, How to Train Your Dragon is one of my favorite Franchises, which is I'm I'm kind of backtracking. Now. I completely movie. forgot about How to Train Your Dragon, even though I just watched. Yeah, but that's also animated too. It's that's not exactly like, what I was saying. Action, though so. it's like it's a little bit safer because you can do so much. Oh and sure, appeal yeah. it to kids, which is well. It's all, but to be fair, audience. it's also based off of children's books. That's true. So it is sticking true to what it is. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Sure, absolutely. Um, but I just to just to kind of go off in its own direction. I was curious. Something you said that I want to kind of take this discussion towards. You mentioned George Lucas there with Willow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was curious what people felt. I don't want to get in a whole Star Wars talk again <laughs> no, because not, we talked not. too much about it. But two things. One, without being too too critical, I was curious what people felt about George's kind of um, hesitant attitude about Star Wars The Force Awakens. I, it, not from a, oh, he's right, he's wrong. I'm just curious what people feel from his perspective. Like, I'm sorry. I just think he doesn't care i think that's why he also just says stuff he sold it he's like he george lucas has been on the record for basically being one of those guys who just doesn't really care like he likes asking you know he likes answering questions sometimes but like all in all when people get like so big into it he's just like okay let's just let's just let's just calm down just read read the books whatever like he just he just kind of was always just like hey hey are the the books are the books canon sure why not like (laughs) all right I'm just curious because he he talked with Charlie Rose about it and said that kind of giving Star Wars to Disney was like a divorce. Almost. Okay, like, they, he, it, they've already said that that was not even the full quote that they basically like cut him off and well, he was still talking. Like, and I think he was just joking around. Well, you're talking about the white slavers quote. Yes, I was not talking about that quote. Never mind. <laughs> the, the quote he okay, said. What's this quote? Then? This yeah, was in full context. About. This is where he said that uh, when he when he sold the stories to Disney, right. He gave them templates or story treatments for the next three films. Okay, they read them, ultimately decided to go in their own direction, and that in and that in a sense, even though he still he still cared very much about it, th- these films and his universe, he felt that it was like a divorce. Like you don't hang. A, he didn't visit the set. 
he didn't see any of the new scripts and he didn't see the film. He didn't know anything until he saw the new film. See, I don't think it's more about like Star Wars. I think it's just more of like, like, hey, you know, I've been working on this. You know, like I did create this, but here's my ideas. And them just saying, no, I think it's more of the rejection that really got to him. Not really just the fact that it was Star Wars. I think it's just more like. But it, but Star Wars is, a, but in the sense that it is his his baby. He yeah. wouldn't might not feel as strongly about it. If it wasn't the thing that he that has made his name in a sense, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think about I think, it. Like if it had been a script he had written for this small, you know, but small I, but something like, or look other. Look at all the films he makes: Red Tails and Howard the Duck. Like he's been making like every single movie he's made since Star Wars has flopped. And Wait, to be fair, he didn't direct any of those films. He directed Red Tails. No, he produced it and co-wrote the story, but he didn't direct it. Oh, Howard not. the Duck. No, he didn't direct Howard no. the Duck. Be, see, say. again, just going back, we had this conversation with Abrams a little bit, but it's the same thing. People assume Lucas has directed a lot. Lucas has only directed six films. Yeah, THX, THX yeah. American Graffiti, Star Wars, and then uh, the, the three prequels. He hasn't directed that much. Yeah, right. He didn't direct anything from 1977 to 1999. So okay. it, he's talked Holy about shit. going back into directing, but he wants to go back into directing... Uh, stuff like THX. He wants to go back into for himself, though, not, not yeah, for himself. Okay. Wh- what are people's feelings on that? Do you think he can still capture that kind of like? I don't know. THX I was way THX. back. THX was way back in the day. I think he's a much different person than well, he was, was back his, then. Uh, that was his college uh, dissertation, right? Yeah, yeah, it was right out of USC. That yeah, I don't know if he's and... still the same person. I don't know if he can. Well, it's also that was a different time too. That was a time where people were experimenting with yeah. style and yeah. form. You had a guy like Jean Luc Godard had only come on the scene. Couple of, ten years earlier or something. It like seems that. like the only people who are allowed to like you know try like different styles like you know like, basically tap into that is like Christopher Nolan and Pixar. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in a sense, but at least Nolan's pretty sure Nolan knows his style at this point. He's not he's not reinventing the wheel. He knows who he is. No, it's same true. with same with Pixar. I mean, Pixar changes up some stuff and they make great films, but they don't their style their type of film is very well established at this point and consistent what i mean yep. with a guy nah, like george nah, Lu- what george lucas is talking uh, okay, may- okay cars and brave not. i mean i'm just yeah i was going <laughs> to yeah. say I, well, you as know, soon as i said consistent i was like, like uh, maybe yeah, not totally but consistent yeah. like one or two bad films does, does not when you have a span of 14 films and two maybe aren't that great no I, i'm <laughs> Which, not saying that it's not like that but i'm just saying they that they do kind of like Pull back a little bit, and they, they don't they don't keep well, what going, I mean like, is, going on the What I mean train. is, when we're talking about risky films, we're talking or it could be a video game or a comic or something like yeah. that. We talk about risky material. You know, to me, what Pixar does or stuff like that—that's not totally risky material. No. Let's talk about something like THX. That's going back to a '60s era. Yeah. You know, when you read comics from that era too, there was a lot of risky comics that started coming out in the seventies. Wait, I'm sorry, I, Inside Out is completely risky. Like that's mm-hmm. a very weird different. We have not had a film like that. Like yeah, it's, it's it literally your emotions. A, yeah, but it's still a buddy comedy film. But, but it wasn't marketed. Nobody knew that though. That's the yeah, thing is, no, yeah, but that's what it was. But yeah. they, and it was marketed that way. You saw joy and sadness go on an adventure to get back to Riley's head. You had jokes. You had the father and mother arguing. You get to see their emotions arguing. I mean, it like yeah, it's riskier from Pixar's perspective, and from an overall story perspective, as a concept, it's a risky concept. But well, that's all I it, meant. But the was... but the implementation of it as a film and as a style 
is still very much in in what Pixar does. The initial buddy thing you comedy said, films. The initial thing you said was like that's when they were that they were doing like different you know concepts, and that's why I said Pixar and Christopher Nolan. Right, but with what Inception I, and whatnot. But what I'm saying with what George Lucas is doing, he's talking about form and forgetting story. I mean, if you go, Jeff, you've seen THX. Yeah. Who has here seen THX? I have first I've film. seen it. Uh, so you know what I'm talking. That's complete. That's disregarding form. That's disregarding. Uh, story elements to just go back to kind of almost a visual sensory experience. Right, right. And if you go back to some of those films in the late 60s, early 70s, I mean, Easy Rider, you know. Oh, Easy Rider, is that's very representative of that time. Yeah, it's like to try and recreate that now as a 60-something-year-old You would not be able to recreate Easy Rider nowadays, in my opinion. I do not think you could. But has anything come out in the last couple of years that ever came close to that sort of experimentation, whether in comics or movies or something? Easy Rider or with THX? Any of those kind of experimentations. The only one that I could say that came close to being Easy Rider, at least, I mean, well, what kind of, well, what kind of, well, how much of a time span are we talking here? 20 years? 20? I'm saying within the last, let's say, five. Let's in uh, five, I cannot say because the one I was going to think of was Natural Born Killers back in 92, but, you know, but that was Oliver Stone. Any in video games? I mean, you get video games doing, you know, video strange stuff all the time. I mean, have you ever heard of Stanley Parable? Yeah, I've, I've played Stanley Parable. You've got something like the Stanley Par- Parable, which is literally just you walking around, making decisions, and then the the narrator talks over you. And if you actually, if you listen to the narrator, he tells you a story, you follow the story, it's over in like 10 minutes. The things that you can do in that game if you ignore the narrator and just do whatever... Mm-hmm. Are insane. You end up in a in Minecraft in that game if you ignore the narrator in, yeah. in certain ways. So there, I mean, there's games that you've got games like the quote unquote walking simulators, which are literally just walking around exploring the world. And some people argue, Total Biscuit, that that's not a game because there's no end goal. There's just walking around experiencing right, which gets in that whole conversation about what's a game, what's not. Yeah, a game. gameplay versus na- narrative being what's you know the, right, being right, you right. know the na- the narrative is the game. Um, but yeah, you, you you know, video games are doing stuff all the time that push it, boundaries. It does feel like video games and comics, we and certainly talk about this on indie comics, are experimenting more with form and style right now than any other medium. A big one, Undertale uh, right now. Oh, uh, Undertale, yeah. Undertale, the like, game where you can go through the entire game and not fight anything. It's an it's an RPG and you don't have to fight a thing. There's pacifist yeah. playthroughs. And uh, well, it seems like TV TV recently People have been saying this is the golden age of TV for the last couple of years in the sense, well, uh, and a spe- uh, more a couple of years ago where it was like Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Homeland was in its first season. There was an era where it felt like TV had reached its apex. Now it seems like that's moving towards streaming and yeah. web-based yeah. content is going to... TV is Netflix moving online. Amazon. Everything's exactly. moving towards streaming. Especially yeah. with the success of... Especially with... Netflix recent and they just announced today globally expanded, Um, but and movies too. It feels like movies and television have fallen behind a little bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. We can. uh, I enjoy our great blockbusters, but you know, I guess the you know it it is interesting that uh, most of the films we're most anticipated for that we talk the most about are sit are are seated relatively within a safe sort of quandary like you know right. as much as we fret about is warcraft going to be good is batman versus superman is the next star wars the next deadpool. star trek deadpool we all kind of know like going to those films like relatively 
you may like this element or dislike this element, but they'll be fine. They'll yeah. fit into what they do. Yeah. They'll like, fit their target you know, right. everyone says, I don't know if that Marvel property is going to be good. <laughs> it's going to follow the same pattern that all the Marvel properties have followed. The right. Batman yeah. v Superman. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be Batman v Superman. You're going to go see it. You may like this element. You may hate this element. It's still going to be Batman versus Superman. Yeah. When we talk about risk, when we talk about especially risk in art, you know, what do you want to see it do? I'm that's why I bring up THX because I, when I heard George Lucas talk about it, I was like, well, we haven't seen a real film like that come out in some time, no. And more in the in the indie world, you can occasionally see that. Boyhood was kind of a risky film, yeah, in a sense. yeah. especially because yeah. it took them because yeah, okay. well, the form the st- the form dictated how risky it was in the sense that it took twelve years to make. In Yaritu, you talked about Revenant. In Yaritu is kind of doing riskier stuff. Um, Revenant and Birdman both, you know, you can see how they appeal to a mainstream audience, but at the same time, there's elements of them that are really out there. Birdman, watching when we were watching it, my there, I was watching my friends, and some parts, especially if they weren't theater kids, they were all kind of like, I don't get it, uh, yeah. kind of thing. And when you put it into that perspective, it's. It makes it what it is, and it's, it becomes that exciting when you it's watch it. It's not even so much that that stood yeah. out to me about Revenant, though. The fact about Revenant is we really don't get a lot of dialogue during that yeah. whole movie. And no, I it's think very... That, I, think, I think that's what is most appealing about it because that is a throwback back to the 20s era well, type stuff in which you didn't hear a whole lot of words being spoken. I mean, there's a bunch of films like that, though. I mean, you can look at... I mean, you can kind of look back at The Artist. You can look well, the artist, at yeah. There Be Blood. There Will Be Blood doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but what Jeff's saying about The Revenant is true. It's It's a very... Silent. It's all. It's very little. Very, very little. And um, it kind of, and, and in a strange way, it actually kind of reminds me about um, um, the Nick, F- some of the Nick Fury comics of the '60s. Actually, I mean, oh, yeah. it was it was actually very famous because um, the writer on the time, I'm forgetting his name for the last. No, I right saw now. a documentary about that where he just did one. He, he that did was almost just ten, panels. ten entire panels with him just sneaking around. There was no dialogue yeah. whatsoever, and that's actually probably. More standoutish to me than you know some of the of the Superman comics of the same era. Well, because there is a lot and then we dialogue. talk about especially when we talk about the the modern age starting up in comics. That's where stuff like Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns start exactly. really going deep into the material. That's what I mean. It's like we Revenant and Birdman are examples of a director experimenting with the style and the feel of a type of a film. Sure, where a period piece film. You expect to feel like a certain way. And then you watch that film and it's all wide angle lenses and they're moving the camera. There's barely any cuts in it. I mean, it feels very visceral in a certain uh, yeah. respect. Ex Machina is not that different. Ex Machina felt love Ex Machina. interesting I because it. I'm going to watch it so badly. Because it experimented a lot with its what the type of film it was. Sorry. Uh, you know what? That actually might be my favorite film. I want that to win. Yeah. Sorry. Going Got back from the beginning, <laughs> I completely forgot about Ex Machina. How the fuck did I forget about that movie? Sorry, I think it might be my favorite movie of the year. That and Mad Max. But but when you're but Mad Max is another film. You have a big budget, you know, 150 million dollar film, and it's the fourth in a franchise that hasn't done a film since 1985. Yeah, that was. A, I mean, it's not a, too risky in a sense that people are going to get it, entertainment and big explosions and stuff like that. But at the same time. Max has, you know, if you've watched the previous film, it doesn't shock you, but Max has like 16 lines. Um, yeah. It's, it's essentially a long chase sequence. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, the style of it is so viscerally different than what we're used to, or at least what people are used to now. Like, if you go back to 
like the last time we had a film like that was Waterworld, I guess, which was a Mad Max ripoff in many respects. Well, let's say like Book of Eli. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say Mad Max meets Aquaman, but yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but it, that's what I mean. Is like it, you know, uh, Mad Max. You know, what a day, what a lovely day, and uh, and Martin Joe, and they give you no context for some of that stuff if you haven't watched any previous Mad Max films. Right. You have to kind of know what type of universe you're getting into. Sure. I'll disagree with that because I'll start surprising no one in the room by this point. I haven't seen any of the other Mad Max movies. Mm-hmm. And I felt going into that movie that Dan as well. All right. Um, going into that movie, get, getting all that stuff. Yeah. They don't give you a lot of background information, but you feel it so much, you know, going, seeing that first scene of the Oasis where clearly yeah. Immortan Joe is, you don't know who this guy is, but clearly he's this almost godlike figure to them that you almost don't need that, that background information because they sell you with right, the right, right. sets. Well, it's actually, what I'm it's, saying, it's catering to the post-apocalyptic type story. I mean, it's nothing really new, so I guess that's where you kind of But what really I'm saying is that, that most people aren't used to that sort of barking mad George Miller style that we had with those first films. It, sure. What I'm saying is, in the thirty I mean, years since the original Mad, sorry, Paul Thomas Anderson movies are pretty barky. I mean, like in uh, with uh, um, Inherent Mas- Vice, The Master, and Master Inherent Vice, yeah. uh, well, There'll Be Blood. Master is actually a pretty risky film if you think about it. Oh, totally. Are you yeah. Kidding me? Oh, I, I love the film. Like I, I, I can't rewatch it. I think it's one of those movies you can't watch like until maybe like five or eight years. But it's it's so insane. If, if anybody watched it. I haven't. You ever seen? No. Really, oh, no one God. here's seen the There's master. There's some weird scenes. It's in a it. weird film, but I love it. I, I, I eat it up, but he can't rewatch it though. You try to rewatch, and you're like, uh, I, I, I got to give it a couple more years. <laughs> what's the risky? What's the riskiest thing you've? Uh, what's the most experimental and riskiest thing you've seen in a relatively mainstream? Field? Are you talking about like? It can be movies, video games, comics, whatever. Something that you saw that made you go, I can't believe they had the balls to make this. Mass Effect one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Really? Oh wait, never mind. Because of Knights of the Old Republic is already out. Never mind. It was, like, I, I it was just Ma- it was just Knights of the Old Republic with a yeah, yeah, skin. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm taking. I, so I, 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 I take oh, it back. Oh no, amazing game. I, I take it back. No, oh, man. Jeff, go ahead. Uh, Hannibal. The, mm. Hannibal. Oh, the TV show. show. That, yeah. yeah. And, and it's just for the fact. And it's just merely for the fact that that kind of stuff. I would have expected that on AMC, but I would not have expected that on primetime. I wouldn't have even expected the by the where it goes in the third season where it gets so out there and David Lynchian. Yes. I thought that was at that point the style and the form of the story just completely went into its own thing where I was like, Yeah. It you either loved it or hated it, but it was its own thing. Yeah. I have one. Sorry, go ahead. Uh in terms of games that are like, I can't believe this worked. You know, they did this and it worked. Five nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kingdom you know, Hearts too. Kingdom Hearts. Well, the the thing that I talk talk about with Five Nights at Freddy's that I kind of like have mulled over of why it did so well. What's the you know the the two responses that humans have to fear? Fight or flight. In all hor- horror games, you can either fight fight back, or they give you some way to avoid the da- danger. Yeah. You have next to no way to do either in Five Nights at Freddy's. You have mm-hmm. to sit there. And try to defend yourself with the limited resource that is your power. Like closing a door and making sure the battery and t- turning die. off lights. Yeah. yeah, right. And they throw in some other mecha- mechanics in the in the newer games, but Five Nights at Freddy's One was this is a horror game that's literally the animation wasn't even that impressive. It no. was literally it was just a collection of stills. The yeah. only animation was your fucking fan and Foxy sprinting down the hallway. You want to know what? 
that was it. It makes me kind of wonder if the creator of that game based that off of the Kobayashi Maru from Star Trek, because that's essentially what the Kobayashi Maru test is. Yeah, you're going to you're going to lose, but it's how you lose determines how how you how you face it. Scott Cawthon's nerdy, so I wonder if that would be. uh, It makes me wonder because that sounds like a total Kobayashi Maru simulation. I was going to say PT was a particularly. That's a good one. So you know what? I was going to say I was actually going to go with uh, Wow. I forgot what the. Oh, man. Wow, that doesn't... could be comics or no. Games it's, or a, it's movies. a survival game, and you wake up in a mansion. You don't know anything. And oh, you, amnesia. Uh, amnesia, amnesia, the Dark yeah. Descent. Uh, yeah, but that still sticks to a narrative and that's, a style. That's still pretty survival horror. It uses, yeah. you know, it's still running well, around. Well, to... well, let's let's keep with the topic of experimentation, like something doing something radically different with a medium. Catherine, you seem to be in pain there. <laughs> you just sneeze. <laughs> Cough, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why I'm so quiet. Um, yeah. I mean, but, I'm alive. I promise, though. Books. <laughs> I mean, there has to be a couple books. Doberman. <laughs> what would you say, Catherine? Is there anything uh, that comes to mind for you? Yeah. Um, not, I'm so behind on a lot of movies, actually. Fables. Well, we're talking about anything. anything. Books, movies. It was novel TV for shows, its time. Definitely. Comics. Yeah. Get back to me on that one. Okay, you well, know what I would, <laughs> I would have to say? I would have oh. to say, pretty much anything Stephen King. Recently. Yeah. Probably not huh. recently, but back then. Like, like I'm talking like books. late seventies to early, oh, sure, oh, sure. early nineties. Yeah, oh, that misery definitely. Okay, that no, but, stuff uh, was visceral. For yeah. one, for comics, like at the time, fables. Yeah, Bill oh, Williams. Yeah, fables, Bill Williams. Yeah, because yeah. um, that had had they done ret- uh, new versions of See, they, storybook no, characters done. at that point. Uh, I think they're just doing spinoffs now. No, no. What I mean is. Had um, nowadays we see a lot of like once upon a time. Let's take Grimm. this old grim fairy tale or this old fairy tale and let's redo it in its own in a new uh, not adapted adult in the style. way that Bill Willingham did it. That, that, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean there, it, were, they, there had been attempts to try to make and oh, Disney what if we had tried done to do our fairy tale versions. like in a modern day world or something. There had been attempts before. I can't name them off the top of my head. Once but upon the time. Way, but the well. But uh, the way uh, that Bill Willingham adapted it, that was what made yeah. it a novel approach. Well, that's what I mean. And that's like, pretty much the model di- that we have had ever since. Disney did the kids' versions of a lot of these fairy tales. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have the Disney and then, version. Yeah, sure. Way back in the day, if you look at like Jean Cocteau did the Some- adult version of Beauty and the Beast. Right. Sometimes, the 30s. sometimes like it's amazing whenever like. Oh, yeah, the Beauty and the Beast show, Linda Hamilton. And Ron Perlman. Was that Linda Hamilton? That was Linda Hamilton. And oh, Ron Perlman. shit, I never realized that. And Ron Perlman. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Ron and, Perlman, no, but yeah. I would say my favorite, though, would, um, and besides Fables, I think my favorite, like, when they try to modernize or just do what's something different with a um, fairy tale, is Disney's Princess and the Frog. I think it's a brilliant yes. film. That's one of my favorite, sure. like, absolute favorite Disney but films. But as a risk, was that a huge risk? Yes, absolutely. Because t- or experimental in its style? Yes. Well, if you well, think about it, because Tiana is a, su- a successful businesswoman in the 1920s. No, unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she's she becomes. Well, she's she becomes. becomes. She becomes. It's a very spoiler alert, by the but, way. Sorry. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> but she becomes successful, and that was really, really it, at that time that was not. Well, you're also of. doing Princess and the Frog in Louisiana, 1920s. But we're talking about a movie made in 2009. Yes, set in the 1920s. But what I mean is. Uh, I guess the riskiest thing. Oh, I, I hate to use the. Sorry, can I? Yeah. Do whatever. Right. The I the, I hate to say that this was a risk, but it was the fact that it was the first black lead yeah. character, and it was an almost all black cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully they continue to do that. I hope they just don't keep going back to like sort of white bread stories. But they did do Big Hero Six had they mostly did. Asian characters uh, and a mixed cast. Yeah, and. I, uh, Asian. They're also doing that um, with Moana. Disney Junior as well. Um, Miles from Tomorrowland is a half Asian American family. I think. Yeah. 
Something Obviously like you have that. some other uh, leading black protagonists in yep. some Disney films coming up. Movie that I... Oh, go Sorry, ahead, Tyler, go ahead. I have two first. examples. Titanic and Avatar. Uh, risks. Risks. Yeah. Well, Titanic? Titanic was yes. not a risk. Yes. Are you kidding no. me? Uh, that was uh, a huge uh, risk. Let me, let me just... It's about yeah. a boat that we know sinks. Yeah, but okay. I will say okay, this. I see. Dude, spoilers. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, sorry. Oh, man. Guys, guys, guys. Sorry. Yes, Titanic was a risk. It wasn't experimental, but it was a risk. Yes. In the sense that the budget ballooned so high up that even though there was a guaranteed sort of like romantic, well, guaranteed, it was a romantic story set on a big uh, period piece. Okay, yeah. that does draw in crowds. But you're right, Tyler. It was not a guarantee that it would wh- where Do the budget well went it to. Did, yeah. yeah, it did. Okay. And Avatar yeah. similarly with the technology. But to be fair, that it had mm. come after but Titanic. Not only that, but like it's Avatar is huge because sci-fi didn't really like go like it, it, <laughs> I don't want to quote uh, Tropic Thunder, but I'm just <laughs> uh, but like you know you don't really go full blank. But this one went full sci-fi. Like, we just don't really see anymore because like. Well, we saw it. I don't know. It's Avatar so different from what we've seen in any sci-fi film before. Merely because it was visually stimulating. That's the only reason why I say that movie was so successful. It It was was a visually stimulating movie. That's all it was, guys. Different than yeah. I I don't know. I'm sorry, but story-wise, that is the most unoriginal concept for a story. The concept for the story absolutely not. It feels very. The only thing that was successful about it was the world that was created on Pandora and all that. That was the only thing I think that made it amazingly successful. I agree with Jeff here. I think that. That, yeah, Avatar was risky in terms of like what it was presenting in terms of its technology and the way it was pushing digital projection yeah. and 3D, but it's a space adventure story set on a foreign planet. And it wasn't like there was um, a stylistic huge difference between previous camera works. It was, you know, Cameron's most risky movie to date, I think it's still the first Terminator movie. Or maybe True Lies to yeah. Yeah, first yeah. Terminator movie. Terminator. Because yeah, Terminator. that was so low budget and also you weren't sure if that was going to really... Schwarzenegger wasn't a proven property or I hate to say the word property at the time, but a proven uh, generator of audience interest at the time. Oh yeah, especially since he Abyss. wasn't originally the, the Terminator. Oh actually, Abyss. That's a good, that's a good point. Oh, Abyss, yeah. God, yeah, Abyss. I forgot about good, that one. Good, uh, I forgot about that, yeah. Alien to Aliens. Gremlin, mm. Gremlins to Gremlins 2. Other risks? Gremlins 2 is like... Uh, Risk, but again, let's go back to experimental. Let's talk about changing up the art form. Gremlins and Gremlins 2. No, it doesn't change up the style in a weird and... It went straight comedy to where they even broke the fourth wall three times in the film. Hulk Hogan shows up for... (laughs) In a theater in the fourth wall. That had happened a lot. It. That you'd be surprised how many films in the eighties broke the fourth no, wall. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying when you follow up a you know, a the Grim, a Gremlins one, when you follow up that one well basically it was I mean, a little bit comedic, but it was still a horror film in the set in you know, in the Christmas time. And then you follow up with Gremlins two. Completely different. Yeah, completely but we're, different. We're talking about <laughs> Hannibal's a great example. Of yeah. a completely surreal and out there, Twin Peaks would be a great example. Oh, Twin Peaks! Yeah. That was ahead X-Files. of its, that was ahead of its time, and I'm so freaking glad we're gonna get a new a new. Um, yeah, actually, X Files is not a bad Firefly pick. Arrested Firefly, yeah, Firefly, less so. Arrested so, Development had its own. Yeah, Arrested Development kind of Armageddon. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, watch your mouth, sir. Transformers. <laughs> watch your mouth. No. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Well, I'd also I'd say back in the '90s, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles could be considered kind of yeah. out well, there. Well, yeah. Gargoyles too. Well, <laughs> that no, no, was no. actually oh, yeah. TMNT is the best one because actually, it came was, from I was about to say Nintendo's Battletoads. An extremely mature comic book and then you turned it to straight up kids. Well, straight up kids. <laughs> I was going to say that if you're talking about games, the GameCube era of Nintendo is probably one of the weirdest eras yeah. in terms of the gameplay. Luigi's Mansion, Wind Waker, uh what about Super Wii? S- well, Wii Star was Fox a risk technology-wise. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy especially was uh, one of those weird ones. But yeah. the GameCube era especially had some... GameCube took a lot of risks. They took a the lot of risks Metroid with Prime? Uh, Star Fox Adventure, where it's no yeah. longer a on-rails sh- shooter. It's but an that was, adventure But that was supposed game. to be a comp- an entire different game altogether. They were just afraid it wouldn't sell, and then people demanded a, fi- a Star Fox game, so they were like, fuck it. So but, they just oh, kind of just threw oh, it away. absolutely true. Yes. But what I... But, um, what I'm saying is uh, that uh, the way that oh my god, Eternal the, Darkness. You're right, Dan. Yeah. Dan put down Eternal Darkness. Yes, oh my, I have Eternal that game. Darkness. Amazing. Yeah, but it, but you know what I mean. Like the GameCube era, there was kind of like a series of games where they took franchises and then really kind of went into weird directions with it. Yeah, they rain. did different things. Uh, heavy first, day, first a, Alien. Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is a great example. For, first Alien. That was the first time science fiction met horror. I said yeah. that. I said alien. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, but uh, yeah, no, you for said games. Ali- you said alien. Oh, I didn't know you meant You said alien, alien to aliens, aliens, and aliens doesn't feel as risky to me as alien to Alien, alien. the first one, because that's the first time you ever had aliens be the center of a freaking horror film. Not only that, what, you don't see it. Like, you don't see it until the end, and like, it's still, you don't even wait, see it. Wait, I just think you don't see the thing until like the last few minutes before it starts to kill everybody. You don't see the whole thing, like, really. But to be fair, that's continuing on with the tradition of Jaws and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't see the shark until the third act. But yeah, no, but like, yeah. So I said, we were mentioning game Heavy Rain. Oh, yeah, Heavy Rain. Yep. Heavy Rain, the game uh, where, and all the games like it, where you pretty much, it's almost like an interactive movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they did the same thing with Jason. Jason. What was Um, the, uh, God, what was the game? I was going to say Apocalypse Now. Yeah, Apocalypse Now is a fucking. That is just. That movie is every every sort of way. We had another Apocalypse Now type movie. The only the one that I could behind think of is, enemy lions with Owen Wilson. I said, <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> um, Seriously. <laughs> no, I tell you, Apocalypse Now is still untouched, in my opinion. I don't think anybody's come even close to having to, something crazy to like doing that. something that crazy. No, Telltale well, Games in know, general. I'll say this: it's not. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of it as a film, and I know a lot of people hate this film. But Actually, uh, oh wait, uh, I want to counterpoint that real quick. The Telltale Games, because yo. but we've always had the choose your own adventure book, so that's essentially what it is. Yeah, but the first time in a video game. That's true. Where Telltale? Is, tell, Telltale Games. But Where we've the, done. Uh, but we've done pointed. Oh, you're talking about uh, choose your own event. I get you. I get you. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah cool. I was about to say point and click adventures. Been Speaking around of point and click adventures, PS4 is getting uh, Grim Fandango on oh, the PS nice. Plus this month. Um, we didn't say the. But we, I, can I just? Uh, yeah, I was about to. Sorry. Uh, one film I was about to mention. Shit, it's blanking on me. Well, I was going to say The Matrix was kind of risky in its own yeah. way when it first mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. In, in a sense, it wasn't completely reinventing the wheel, but it did some different things. Tyler, go ahead. Nope. I was going to say John Wick. John Wick? I love John Wick. I love John Wick, too, but was it hugely risky? I don't think it was risky. Or experimental? I it mean... Was good, but I don't think it was risky. Nobody's... I mean, I, yeah, that's true. I guess nobody <laughs> Nobody really thought that it was going to be good. It was like a shocker more than anything, I guess. Oh, uh, sure. I, I guess we can go with that. Sorry, but, I just wanted to say because I love John <laughs> But We were talking about Apocalypse <laughs> just, Now. Just, just rewatched it. We were talking about Apocalypse Now and like re- re- the way that totally fucking yeah. went to... Ka- 
it went to banana town real quickly in yes. that film. <laughs> Saigon. Why am I still in Saigon? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say Zucker Brothers. If you look at their comedies, oh, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, they kind of tie back to to the Marx Brothers, but in terms of the how stylistically out there they were. Yes. And Mel Brooks, actually, you could say Mel Brooks's early stuff was pretty risky and like, you're gonna do a musical about Hitler. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Back in now, nowadays, that might not seem that risky, but 1968, yeah, that's not that well, far removed. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Duck Soup, though, the Marx Brothers got them in trouble. Uh, it really did because that was back in the era of the dictatorships yep. and stuff like that. Yep. Oh, did. yeah, yep, you couldn't. And then, uh, the great dictator, of course, also. Um, yeah, there, there, there's a bunch of stuff. Oh, risky. Uh, I was gonna say, in terms of comedy, that's taken like not experimented too much, but. Out, been out there. Monty Python's the great experimental comedy. Yeah. Sh- that's yeah. probably the, that, yeah. that's probably the quintessential Python. example. But I was going to say, we're talking Risk, South Park and Team America, obviously, and yep. Book of Benny, Mormon. Benny Hill. Uh, we could just say Matt Stone and Trey Parker in general. Yeah. I was going to say, for its time, Benny Hill was yeah. too. Benny Hill with the formula that they but, used on that show. But I was going to say, in terms of like Risk, you know what? Effect- we didn't say Game of Thrones. No, we, oh my I, God, I, I, I didn't say, I say Game about, of Thrones. What the hell's wrong with us? How about recently Gallivant? Oh, you did? Okay. But can I, oh, sorry. I was just gonna add. How about recently on top of Monty? Yeah, I can talk. Monty Python, Gallivant. Gallivant. Well, I was gonna say Tim and Eric. If we're talking experimenting with style, you can hate Tim and Eric. No, but you have to admit, like it's. I hate that I love it so much. (laughs) But but it really went out there with its style. Oh, it did. I was gonna say, uh, if we're talking risking offending the audience, have anyone seen the British comedy uh, movie Four Lions? Yes. Oh, you know that is. Yeah, yeah that yeah. you were t- mentioned, Great Dictator, that's and a, I was about to say that's, an that's one of the most ballsy fucking films I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's about oh, it's... four incompetent terrorists. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Suicide I, bombers. I, just, I laughed my freaking ass off every time I watch it. That was, it's that was fucking... huge in Austin because uh, Alamo Draft House like was helped distribute it. So like that's, I saw it in Austin in, in the Alamo Draft House. Well, especially I'm in, I don't even know that, about it. <laughs> the guy who created that uh, was run out of London. Because you no, know, literally, he almost he got death threats. He had to leave the country because he had a show previously in in London or in Britain that was it risked offending the moral because you know London's uh, you know the BBC is owned by the government. Yeah, yeah. The government responds to complaints <laughs> by the people instead of the you know the company saying go fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> as long as the ads ad, ad, advertisers don't leave us, we're fine. But um, he had done an episode of a show at the time in the mid or early 2000s there was such a there was a wave of fear of pedophilia oh and he did an episode about the news dealing with pedophilia that is so goddamn funny it was it was at one point in the episode a a, a newscaster lady goes the wave of pedophilia has reached the pedophiles will now go to any lengths to abduct children watch this uh cv video of a pedophile dressed disguised as a schoolhouse moving down the street and you see a giant school moving down the street slowly <laughs> a oh brick building <laughs> and it's just a it's like a security <laughs> camera footage it was so fucking funny i oh. nearly sh- pa- shit myself i was laughing so hard <laughs> i've never it, laughed so hard that i wanted to shit myself but i mean it, it sounds funny but oh, it, it's man, true it, it's funny. like you've seen something so far you you you, you see for something, something so, so controversial funny. that is, that is, that's pretty it was so hilarious. brilliant and the in the country erupted over it oh i'm sure they did and the guy who he went to america and that's where he made four lines yeah. He went back to Britain to make it, but it's one of those things where I'm like, that guy, I can't remember his name. Can you look it I, up quickly yeah. on your phone? Um, uh, I, I the guy one. who wrote and directed that, but he is a brilliant comedy 
master. And it's same with Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah. Watching that recent have you has anyone seen the recent season what of about South Park? Sasha Baron Cohen? That's oh, a good pick, yeah. actually. Any, Sasha Baron Cohen, you know what? And and Jackass to a degree did similar things where there are pranks and stunts and stuff like that. But that was taken kind of by CKY though. Seth MacFarlane. Oh, that was taken from CKY, you mean? I don't yeah. know. Well, Jackass evolved from it. Oh yeah, that's true. Seth MacFarlane? Christopher um, Morris. Yeah, but he came after South Park in kind of like yeah. Christopher yeah, Morris is yeah. the director. And Simpson. Okay. So I love that guy. Christopher Morris. Yeah. Um but uh yeah he, I, he was an actor. He was in uh was the IT crowd? Might have been. Yes, he was. He was the original owner. Uh he was the original uh the um the business owner of the IT crowd. Yeah. He's a he's a so really funny. interesting guy. And uh, but I was going to say the recent. Has anyone seen the recent season of South Park? No, no, I've only yes. heard about yes. it. Though. Yes, the, you know what I'm talking about. The, I love the this PC season. crowd. Uh, the, the, oh my god, PC principal, PC principal, that is microaggression, bro. You are triggering possible people in the audience. I actually think that's my favorite in trilogy. Uh, the Game of Thrones one, the, the console wars was awesome, but this one was just great. It was awesome. I loved it. But it was it was interesting to see South Park still it battles be, so much. That's it. Yeah. As South Park still taking risks at offending people, especially in the online era where oh my God, yep. nowadays if you offend someone yep. right, left, or center, everyone knows about it yep. real quickly. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing for me is like stuff that offends, especially in comedy, where it's like n- the risk nowadays is much bigger if you step out of line. Because in the old days, well, think about how many comedians at comedy clubs say something and now you find out about it. Back in the old days, you just had to be at the comedy club to find out about it. Right. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like, you know, if you say something offensive, everyone, Mike, someone Mike, will blog Mike, about Michael it, Richards. and everyone will know. Well, yeah. Now, to be fair, that was truly offensive. That yes, was bad. Exactly. But someone making a joke that, you know, rubs someone the wrong way is a different thing. Which so. is funny because you have people like Anthony Jeselnik who says like horrible, oh, horrible things, and it happens. Dude. I love, I love Anthony Jeselnik, but like he says some horrible things. But of course, like. Yeah, that's his persona. So I guess that's the difference. Yeah. Well, I guess it goes back to that. The whole topic began with like, what's risky, and do you do you guys hope to see more kind of out there riskier stuff? Uh, you know, we have so many shows, so many movies, so many comics, so many. I'm always games. down for new risks and for uh, new properties and you know original stories. I'm always for it. However, it's just becoming a rare thing unless you're looking into indie independent films but then independent film is changing because now independent films aren't what independent films were they're more expensive 10 years ago yeah that's true so it's just it's just evolving and now with youtube i think youtube is going to be a more that's the center for if you have a if if you have twelve thousand dollars you can't make a film you make a youtube essentially you just make a long youtube video yeah and then if you have a million dollars then you can make an independent what we consider now an independent film and it kind of sucks but you know things everything's evolving Yep. You know the, 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 what we what we know of independent film is going to streaming services and um yeah. streaming yeah. services and then what we know as like you know just like the new studio films are now becoming independent oh, films and then I, franchises I, are now. I have what to we quickly mention we're gonna go to picks of our week, but I have to mention a quick one of the riskiest films uh, I've seen from last year. Anyone heard of a film called The Tribe? Mm-mm. No, no. It's it's a French film. It's all set at a a deaf school, a deaf boarding school. There's no subtitles, and it's entirely in sign language. Huh. That was up, and it's uh, it's a really ballsy film. It's the type of film you watch, and you you may not understand it, but you're stunned at like how fucking like the where they went with the material. It's it's a really interesting film. It's a great film, uh. 
But um, anyways, so picks of the week. Before we go, we would like to give you our personal picks of the week, something that we are revisiting, something current, something that is coming in the future, or whatever else we would like to suggest you to do. Who wants to start? Um, Jeff? Uh, for me, I would have to say uh, I'm just revisiting something that I'm rereading right now. Uh, I say go for Arthur C. Clarke's 2001 Space Odyssey series because those books are just amazing. And how many books are there? There's 2001. There's four. 2001, uh, 2010, and then 2061, uh-huh. and then 3001, the final Odyssey. Okay. And the stories are just amazing. I think they still hold up after all this time, and I really think they should be doing a couple more movies. I know that... 2061, there was supposed to be a movie, and Tom Hanks was supposed to be in that right. movie, but it never came to fruition. That's true. Catherine? Uh, hi, this is Catherine. Um, my pick is I'm actually finally introducing myself to Downton Abbey right now. Um, mm. Brit- I need to get on that train. Yeah, UK, the Great Britain, actually, the UK, they had their airings of the final season. It's just now hitting the US on PBS. And so I got a chance to see a sneak preview of episode one, um, from season six. So my suggestion, Downton Abbey, it's very period heavy, but it's done really well. Okay. There's a bit on a couple of videos on YouTube of char- characters from that playing uh, Cards Against Humanity. Uh, <laughs> I, I just love it. that entire cast. Please tell me Maggie I... Smith plays. Which one? I don't watch Cards Against Maggie Humanity. Smith? Maggie no, Smith? No, Maggie Smith. Damn it. I play So for my pick, my pick of the week, uh, I'm going to go happened. with uh, my favorite book series in the world that I just started reading again for the millionth time, uh, the Redwall series. Okay. Oh yeah. I don't uh, know that series. Red, red. Redwall. You've never heard of Red- Redwall? Redwall? Oh, I might Take have heard medieval of that. Fa- I... Fa- medieval fantasy, but replace the humans Mouth. with woodland Mouth. animals. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But it's all. all all of the se- the series is it's all very predictable. A lot of th- all of the animals are pretty much just stereotypes. Anytime you see any of the animals in the books, you're like, I know mm-hmm. how that character's going to act. Generally, a lot of good comic series have come out based off of Redwall, like Mice Templar, for instance. Yeah. Or oh, I thought done. I was thinking of uh, Autumn Tooth and Claw or something like that. Yeah. Is that an image series. But <sighs> Redwall by Brian Jakes one. is probably one of my favorite book series that I've ever. Okay. Read. He's got two or three books out. Uh, that I haven't read yet, but they're all just I have, so good. I have all original editions of those books, too, and I love them. There's some, there's some of my prized possession. Maybe I've heard of them, but I forgot. But I've, I, The first book Redwall. called Redwall is a little more difficult because that's when he hadn't quite figured out that he didn't want them to be too lifelike. Okay, is it Red Wool or Red Wall? Red Wall. Wall. Red Wall Red refers Wall. to a redstone abbey that they all live in. Okay, yeah. is it sort of Animal Farm-esque? No. Or? Okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, that book. Okay, yeah. Definitely uh, not Orwell. Yeah. All right. This is Tyler. Um, <laughs> reluctant. Uh, I think I have two picks of the week. One is um, <laughs> one's going to be sleep. Get some sleep. I'm very grumpy. Um, <laughs> sleep is good. <laughs> really sleep. Get, get some, some sleep, sleep sir. Uh, yeah. And um, I forgot my other one. God damn it. <laughs> I just really it's want to. It's been a long hence, week hence for all of us. People get some You've sleep. Been this is recently. what happens. What? I've been watching so many movies. Oh, you know what? I got it. Uh, so I love this film. Uh, I've been raving about it on so many of our episodes. It's easily one of my favorite horror films ever. And the teaser trailer is coming out, I think, tomorrow or the next day. Get on with it. Or today. Get on with Conjuring, it. The Conjuring. And The Conjuring 2 trailer is supposed to be up either Thursday or Friday this week. So today, if you're listening to it, or yesterday, um, the teaser the teaser for the teaser trailer is up. And, of course, stupid as always, because I fucking hate teasers trailer of teaser trailers um but yeah conjuring it's a great film i love it uh it's just a good throwback to exorcist and okay. other 70s horror 
and all, uh, I guess, hey, this is Evan, and my pick of the week. This is a weird one. Okay, so you, just I'll try and make this quick. Um, I never grew up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I never watched the show. It's I okay. Never, Neither did I. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my thing was Gargoyles. Yeah, buddy. And my cousin, went, I know about the Turtles ancillary, but I just wasn't, it, I just never watched it. And I've been watching the new 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Which is and so good. It's oh, yeah. really it's good. fucking good. It's that really is. good. And right. Rob Paulson is Donatello. Now I don't know. Now I kind of am getting the lore. It's like, oh, Donatello, Michelangelo, Sean Raphael. Jason Biggs was in it. Yeah, it's uh, Leonardo, and now it's Seth Green playing the character. But point is, I'm only on episode 18 or so of this series, and fuck, it's, it's re- I'm really kind of <laughs> digging it, because yeah. I, for years... Never was interested in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm the same way. I think I'm, I think and we both talked about it on the pod, past podcast. Watch far enough into this series, and Usagi Yojimbo is in that show. Oh, really? What? Yeah. See, I stopped watching season two. But uh, it's interesting because... No, dude, you got to keep watching. Like, ah! but, it, but I will say it's it's very weird to be of, of our generation and having not really watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or grown up with it, and then to get into tran- it. I hated Transformers growing up as a kid. I don't like Mecha, so... Yeah, but it, you know, I'll be curious if there's any other things. I've still never really watched Gundam. I maybe Gundam, get... uh, only, yeah. only the original. I'm a big Neon Ge- Genesis uh, Evangelist yeah. fan. So see, I, I yeah, yeah. It's just only just, the original Gundam. Just, just stick with stick with that. <laughs> just stick with that. Honestly. I'm a, so that's such guy a badass myself. fucking series. Watch that Robotech. Oh, you know, and um, good. uh, we talked a lot about it, but fuck, One Punch Man is so good. Oh, yes, One Punch Man. I finished up the current series, and I'm One like, punch! it is awesome. <laughs> Hey, okay, yeah. Jeff, you had something. And you I'm just gonna add one more, one more recommendation on my end. Um, on Nickelodeon, I will recommend the new uh, Alvin and the Chipmunk series. Actually, um, is it good? Which I it actually is. Believe it or not, it actually is. Wait, hold on. Is that the one that it looks like he looks more human? Well, that's the, that's the only thing that I think has a lot of people criticize that the chipmunks don't really look a whole lot like chipmunks. I mean, no. there's like, like, you wait, there's barely any semblance of them. What is it on? Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. We should record it. It's Nickelodeon. A picture. Is it based on the new movies? Dan. Is it possible? No, no, to no. Pull up well, the quick oh, picture. Just, no, I mean, they look, may, I mean, they because I want to hear Tyler's reaction to how I'm, they look. I mean, they basically made Dave Seville look. They made let's Dave Seville. Let's, let's, let's listen. To the okay, let's cut off for a minute. Let's show some footage and then we can uh, yeah, show, show him the opening. Show, yeah, yeah we, show him the opening of it. Yeah, go on YouTube. <laughs> okay. So, what do you think, Tyler? Uh, it's it looks. I mean, the humanoid thing is fine. It makes it more expressive. It um, more now they can use body language and I guess you know. It's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to watch it. It's fine. It, it's it's kind of weird. I have always felt Alvin the Chipmunks is kind of a weird story because yeah. it's about a grown man who Raising takes these chipmunk kids <laughs> and he kind of exploits them for their money. <laughs> oh, like, no, he absolutely exploits them. Yeah, there's a yeah. bit of like, uh, did anyone see David Cronenberg's uh, Map to the Stars <laughs> with like Julianne the, Moore? <laughs> it's like the anti-Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could see that. Sure. Um, I mean, but it, I'm joking, but it is... I is interesting. I would be more critical if it was Peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, then. That style of animation with Peanuts would feel out there. But anyways, that's it. Anyone else? Anything else to add? I guess that's, yeah. Uh, I'm, I want sleep. Yeah, you want sleep. So <laughs> thanks sleep. for tuning in. You can check out our other shows and offerings on iTunes and visit our new website, grandgeekgathering.com. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review us. We love comments, questions, requests, and yes, sometimes nudes. No, seriously, don't send us nudes. <laughs> uh, so email us at the grandgeekgathering. Speak for yourself. At, 
uh, gmail.com to stay updated. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and stream us on twitch.tv. This show has been brought to you by the Grand Geek Gathering Network. Join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG! Happy New Year, everyone. Uh-huh.